to Disturbing Your Peace. Hi everyone, welcome back to Disturbing Your Peace. We're super excited that you joined us again for another episode. Thank you all so much for the love on our other episode about the struggles of being first-gen college students. So today we have our second guests. Um, they're Yvonne and Luna. They're actually our friends from college and we're always talking about, you know, the struggles of being East African, especially being the diaspora. So we thought we'd bring this conversation to Disturbing Your Peace because it made sense. So yeah. Yes. So today in our episode, we're basically going to be talking about being East African, specifically from the Horn, because we're Eritrean, Ethiopian, Somali, Oromo. So we're basically going to talk about what we face on a daily basis, the misconceptions people have, um, and different things that deserve, preserve our peace and uh, disturb our peace. This is a conversation that we have, um, like a lot of times, I think, um, because it's such a big part of our identity, of course, it is topic of discussion sometimes. And I think the reason why we have it a lot is because there's so many different facets of the one identity and um it has a lot of different um things that are intertwined so during this episode we're going to be using the word east african to mostly just refer to the horn of africa big ups zanzibar big ups tanzania big ups the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love all of east africa i love all of africa so um just in terms of like um uh wording that's really what we're going to be um talking about when we do say east africa we're going to be talking about our individual and shared ex experiences. Um, so yeah, uh, hi Luna and hi Iman. Do you wanna hi. say a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, and hi. You might have upcoming, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, um, hi, my name is Luna. Uh, I am a recent graduate from uh, the University of Washington. But, yeah. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> Black excellence. Um, uh, my name is Iman, and you know I'm also a graduate from UW. Uh, so basically, we started a podcast called Shakur Entertainment, kind of similar to y'all, but we did it over IG. We're in the process of trying to, you know, get it to a real podcast. So tune in once we do. But we're so excited to be here, and you know, we talk about this stuff all the time. But I'm happy to like actually do this with y'all on this platform. So mm -hmm. love to see yeah, it. Definitely. Do you guys want to start off with going around and like? just identifying or like um saying what we identify as when it comes to our east african identity yeah i can start i'm somali oromo i'm somali i'm really basic somali <laughs> i'm somali as well i'm ethiopian and i'm eritrean did we all say our identities yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> FYI for non-East Africans, East Africa is like technically 11 countries, but the horn is known to dominate the conversation and we understand that, but this is just based on our experience, as Zaytun said. So like, this is not all of East Africa. We're not saying we're all of East Africa, but that's not just what I had. Um, should I start? Like what disturbs my peace the most with um, the East African identity? For me, so I'm I'm Somali, so like I'm Muslim. So I feel like a lot of times what disturbs my peace is that my Muslim identity kind of like removes my blackness and my um, African identity for some reason. Mm -hmm. So like, um, and we'll go more into detail, but I feel like a lot of times like I don't really fully fit into like that, the whole Africa spiel, so like the African Student Unions, for instance, or like African events and stuff like that, because I feel like it's awkward because people see me as Muslim, so they automatically assume I'm Arab or I'm Pakistani or I'm Indian. Mm -hmm. Although. I am on a wider scale, but I swear I look black. Like, something, I know, like, something in me shows that I'm black. So it's kind of, that's the thing that really disturbs my peace. I'm not sure if you guys have similar experiences. Um, I definitely. I agree with have, everything. Yeah? I agree with everything she said. Yeah, I feel that a lot. 
honestly it really because a lot of people when they're talking about africa they have like a monolithic view of what it means to be african Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times they don't associate islam with that when so like i think africans are like one of the largest groups of i think most africans come i mean most muslims come from africa i could that's actually a lie never mind but there's a lot of muslims that come from africa right but people don't really see that because that's not what you see on mainstream television and stuff so Mm -hmm. but then what they see on television is arabs pakistanis and you know those uh middle eastern and um southeast asian communities representing islam so i think that's where it stems from and i definitely do agree with your experiences as an east african or somali american um and not feeling represented in both groups i also think it's a disrespect to islamic history because like like, Mm -hmm. it had a huge part of islam like the the most of the first like muslims were saved in in abyssinia and like they were welcoming and that that's like so big on our history and like we're constantly taught about it but i feel like there's no emphasis on it like people would be focusing on like literally like random like they have their history too but like you know out of Mm -hmm. country they did this for islam but it's like habibi if Abyssinia was not a thing, we would not all be here. And that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find that really ox that, like, they just erase that aspect of it. And, like, I'm always reminded. I even erase it myself. I'm always reminded of it. Like, when I do, like, you know, stuff about it and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, my God, that, that was in East Africa. Or even, like, it's all problematic. Everybody hates me for saying this. Remember when I tweeted, I smile knowing Obama's East African and everybody got mad at me? Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> I can't stand you, bro. <laughs> Anyways, but like you know, he had a little Muslim too. So I think it's important. <laughs> I'm screaming. We don't like, like Obama. We don't like Obama. We don't have we, Obama shirt right to my right. We, yeah, we don't stand no, Obama on this podcast. I smile knowing Obama was East African. His dad was Muslim. That just that just sits right with my spirit. I don't know about y'all. I smile knowing that's true. No, yeah, I knew he was East so African. Good. Like, I was in second or third grade when he got um, elected. It was, like, right when I came to the U.S., so homegirl had just learned English. So I was calling him Black Obama, and (laughs) I thought, I used to convince my whole class that he was, like, he's literally my uncle. I was like, you see, his middle name is Hussein. My middle name is Hussein. His parents, or, like, one of his parents, the Black one, is from Kenya. I was born in Kenya. You're like, it makes sense. Connect the dots. It clicks. Connect the dots. (laughs) I still think my mom was my dad, although I have a dad, but yeah. Um, That's toxic. Um. <laughs> what, are, um, what are other elements, like, um, so Iman, you're, um, you're Ethiopian Muslim. Do you think that, like, your Muslim identity played a part in, like, college and stuff like that, like, fitting into, like, the Black culture or, like, you know, like, how did that, like, make it different for you, you would say? Yeah, I agree with you said what you said earlier, like people thinking once you're Muslim that you can't be black because a lot of people like when I tell them, oh, I'm Ethiopian and I'm Muslim, even in the Ethiopian community, they kind of look at you like you're Muslim. Like it's kind of like a weird like it's like obviously like there's religious diversity back home. But I think here we've grouped people into certain groups and don't see any type of intermixing happening Um, or just maybe friend groups. You know, if you're not exposed to certain people, you don't think they exist, which is kind of weird. But that has been like a reoccurring thing. I also think probably like my skin tone, like you said, I think because I'm lighter, people think like I'm Yemeni or I'm like Arab. And so when I tell them I'm black, they're like, there's no way that you're black. Like, how are you Muslim then? It's like people misconstrue like religion from your race and like that they're like they're very different things. Like you can still be Muslim and be any race and, you know, you can still be Ethiopian and be of any part and still be Muslim as well so I think people just misconstrue both so it's been really awkward of like having to not prove my blackness but like 
like have to explain it to people like mm-hmm. uh, over like a lot a lot of times so it's just kind of weird like they'll be like oh you're black it's like oh okay like like they have to still digest my identity before they accept me for being you know black and muslim and ethiopian so it's like feels weird that i have to constantly explain it that I definitely was, makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering, like, do you guys, like, this could be for, a uh, question could be for Lona, but do you guys think that the reason for um, people disassociating East Africans, particularly the horn from Blackness, comes from anti-Blackness within our own communities? Or do you guys think that, or do you guys think that it comes from elsewhere? Yeah, um, I could kind of talk about that. Um, me and Iman on our podcast kind of dove into how, um, it's so internalized and how we just don't see ourselves as black. Um, Mm -hmm. And it comes from a culture of like constantly trying to associate ourselves with like Arabs. And I think it's so weird because now like that we're trying to transition more into like being accepted within the black identity. um, We find a lot of contradictions in our own community of like, Oh, well, a lot of community members don't believe we're black. So how do we, you know, how do we go against that narrative and, like, actually try to build more, like, Black awareness within our communities? And so I feel like it's a battle that we're fighting within our community and outside of our community of, like, trying to be accepted in this identity that we are, but people aren't naturalized to, like, understanding why we're Black. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because of many years. And I think that also really came strongly from the Abyssinian Empire, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this constant idea of, like, oh, we're related to, like, Queen of Sheba, and, like, this idea of, like, oh, we have out of scent, and it's, like, yeah, like, you know, obviously that was from colonization, like, that's not something to be proud of, though, Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, just because we mix in with these, like, different, um, these different races doesn't necessarily mean that's our dominant race, like, we're all, we're originally Black, like, we are from Africa, our origin is within, like, Black people, so it's like, why are we choosing the, you know, the identity that we literally adopted just from colonization as being like our main identity? So mm-hmm. it's it's a really weird concept and like thing to play around with, especially within our community. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of times people don't understand that, like, just because your country has like, like, oh, we claimed independence 1960, whatever, 1970, whatever, that like decolonization is not like a one-time event and it's not like a battle. It's really a war if you think about it because not only mm-hmm. um, are we like fighting, like you said, a battle on two fronts of like a new like perceived identity versus like um, identity that um, like we've always belonged to and we are the beginning of the earth, you know, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really interesting how much work has to be done in terms of decolonizing our thought. And I think yeah. it's also like um, an internal and like self-reflective battle as well because we have to really think about like how many of my beliefs or um, how many of my actions are are triggered by colonial mindsets, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really start thinking about that until I like got to college and started taking like these, um, you know, like classes about like um, East African history. I took a class that was specifically in... Um, Big ups Anu Taranath, like oh my God, I'm how old here? Um, <laughs> Doctor Anu. Uh, Anu, big ups Doctor Anu. I I took our class. My, it was my first class ever, and it was this like English 300 class. Um, and we just read work from East African people, from like this man in Tanzania, this man in Kenya. It was just a lot of like 
it was so really, really inspiring because we don't see that often. When we mm-hmm. talk about Africa, we talk about like a monolith and it further like perpetuates this idea of you are this or that. Yeah. And it's really not. There is so much nuance to be had there. Yeah. Exactly. I also think it's like when you talk about American context, like we have pushed back within our communities from being associated with blackness for so long. And like you said, now there's been a push towards like pan-Africanism and understanding what that means and like wanting to reclaim our blackness. But there's a reason why like we've been disassociated from the black community for so long and why we have issues even accepting ourselves as black. It's like we don't even intermingle or like also the rhetoric our parents grew up with with like black being seen as bad or like inferior. So we wanted to like disassociate ourselves from that and see ourselves as like quote unquote better, whatever that means. I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. So I feel like that, like now that we're trying to come into terms of our black identity, it's like you can't just pick and choose when you're black, you know, you can't be black when it's convenient. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like understanding that it's deeper than just saying I'm black, but really understanding that you've always been black, you just didn't want to be black. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's a whole thing, but I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, I also think it's like super problematic how a lot of times, like a lot of people label East Africans beautiful, all these things, but then they like try to justify the beauty of our culture, the beauty of our women, the beauty of our men, men, (laughs) this is not men, true, I'm joking, Um, or like, you know, (laughs) our food and stuff like that they try to tell us oh it's because you're colonized by italy or it's because you have out of identity it's like no i always had this like i've always been pretty like me being colonized by out of guy does not make me beautiful you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. as zaytun said like east africa was one of the first people in civilization so it's like a lot of times like, yeah. people try to like give it discredit us it's like it's like hmm. <laughs> i can't take how i'm serious bro <laughs> i also think when people are talking about um when they start talking about like beauty within the east african community they first of all they don't they're not talking about east africa as a whole they're talking about the horn and within the horn they're yeah. talking about a specific phenotype that doesn't exist um throughout the whole entire uh horn i don't think that most yeah. east africans have 3b hair light skin um have a certain body type you know when they're, mm-hmm. that's when they're talking about that so do you guys yeah. um when you guys hear the, this rhetoric do you guys see it as fed, like fed it I don't know how to say this word. Could like say it? There Hold you on. go. Yeah. That word. Fetishization. Fetishization. There you go. It's a yeah. hard word. It's a really it hard word. It is hard. It's or, a it's, or like, and dis- disingenuous? Or, and why do you think East Africans, or specifically Horn of Africans, continue to play into that sort of anti-Black um, phenotype? Uh, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I I don't even know how to explain it for sure is fetishization like 100% um, I think mostly this association just goes to try to create this narrative that black women can be beautiful and that's simply once you mix um, like lighter complexion with them so when we talk about like even like during slavery and stuff lighter women were seen as more feminine so mm-hmm. uh, this idea of like oh the more the lighter you are as a, a black woman the more yeah. feminine the more beautiful you are and so i think that really plays its toll in east africa because and you can see this even within the country only certain ethnic groups are really highlighted when it comes to what it looks like to be a beautiful east african mm-hmm. right like even within, within, like, Ethiopia and Eritrea, like, a lot of people don't get uh, acknowledgement of being called beautiful because they have darker complexion. And, like, majority of that ethnic group does have a darker complexion. And so 
lot of times it's only upliftment within like, I can even say an example in Eritrea, like Tigrinya people get more clout off of their skin tone because we're, you know, seen as more lighter than compared to the rest of the country. Um, mm. And it's, it's, it's something I didn't even realize until I started looking at more of like the geography of the, the country and like also what groups were actually being acknowledged when it came to that perception of exotic women um, that other non-East Africans compare us to. Um, and so I think it really is a fetishization and it's all based off this perception of trying to get women that look more feminine and look more white it's more white centric and yeah. so mm -hmm. always trying to reach for that and so them finding out like oh east african women um and the and when i say east african women, i'm talking about just the little few that they believe are yeah. the whole east africa um are lighter skin they're like oh yeah perfect we found exotic african women that wow like they're so beautiful and it's like in reality it's like you know you're chasing after you know the white race and by doing mm -hmm. that you're trying to progress make it more progressive by associating it with blackness and it's not it's not progressive <laughs> also i think that a lot of times yeah. like hip-hop artists and a lot of entertainment artists like continue to uplift that narrative so like cough cough drake young east african girl i was one of the few I was sadly one of the few people who thought that was beautiful. I thought he was acknowledging me. But mm -hmm. I, didn't fit, I didn't even fit the whole thing. You know, I don't yeah. fit the whole character. Like, I don't got a big butt. Like, you know, there's so much thing. It's awkward. Like, I'm only half. Like, you know, it's and it's also, like, the other issue is that, like, a lot of times, like, back in the 2000, early 2000s, a lot of African immigrants were coming. Like, a lot of people were used to bully a lot of um, Africans for being African, all that stuff. And I think a lot of times, like, now they're trying to switch up the narrative. Like, no, we love you. Look at this. We put you on a song. Like, we're talking about Ethiopian women. We're talking about Somali women. We gave a shout out to Somali. But it's like, you're literally, just, like, you're kind of making us relive the stereotypes that we're trying to remove and decolonize. It's a lot of times, like, when they say young East African girl, it's like light skin and they have, like, a girl with, like, 3B hair, um, a girl that's curvier or, like, just mm -hmm. fits that narrative. But all East African yeah. women don't look like that. Like, we have a lot of beautiful dark skin women who have 4C hair. Like, this is still in East Africa. Like, yeah like, what do you expect this to look like so it's like sometimes i think that a lot of rappers try to claim that they're like uplifting women by just dropping the name somali just dropping the name Ethiopia, and they do get clocked because like i know yeah. sometimes we're talking about this but i feel like a lot of times we fetishize ourselves like a lot of east africans we literally like promote ourselves like we literally like post ourselves like and boost ourselves up like we i was i suffered from that a lot of times i feel like a lot of times i would only I still maybe do that. Like, I'm only around East Africans. I'm only around people who look like me. And then when the narrative does come to other Africans, it's always awkward. And it's like, oh, okay. Because we do get called out a lot of times. We we do internalize this. And we think that just because Drake gave us a shout out, we're the best thing in Africa. Maybe no. And you, Drake gave you a shout out. Drake is a colorist, just like you and I. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. it's awkward. And I feel bad for, because I, I understand I'm a light-skinned East African girl. So a lot of times I do see myself represented in all the, all these narratives. But I have friends who are Darshan who don't get the same acknowledgement. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of times it makes it difficult for them to identify for who they are. Like mm -hmm. if you're a dark skinned Somali girl and you say you're dark, I'm Somali, people are probably like non-Somali looking at you like, huh, really? Like, yeah. Like, all the, everything I'm seeing on social media says that you don't look otherwise. Or like if a girl's a non-hijabi and she has 4C hair, it's always awkward. It's like, are you really Somali? Are you mixed? But it's like, no, mm -hmm. Somali yeah. girls with a 4C hair exist in our community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Especially I like, the oh, sorry, especially the skin like lighter skin, I feel like, is a minority within Somali community. I, like, mm. personally, I think that, like, we live on the equator. That is the hottest place in the whole entire continent, mm. you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. 
naturally majority of us are going to be dark skinned but then there's like in within Somalia if you go there it's very rare in like m- m- like the bigger cities to see a dark skinned woman because these women are bleaching themselves to become I was just going to say society. that and it's very sad to think that we're pushing mm-hmm. the, we're continuing and pushing that narrative that's harmful to women within our own communities like yes when we hear Drake or these other people talk about East African girl or whatever, we sh- we should just always like take a step back, ask ourselves like, what are they referring to? What like Adam mm-hmm. said, these uh, we're trying to decolonize our minds, and these things are not making it any better because obviously he's talking about a certain type of like East African woman. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's really oh, sad. Um, sorry. Um, it's really sad when you see like the same like colonial mindsets regurgitated and then fed yeah. back to you for you to regurgitate to others and uh, mm-hmm. the biggest example i can think of is somali incel twitter they go fuck you guys this is the mo- point in the podcast where i get heated because i'm fucking mad am i out of smoke let it out let it out fuck y'all niggas y'all ain't shit okay i'll find you cuz but <laughs> for real like they're so fucking racist they're just so racist like you're you're a whole negro like, who do you think you are? Like, what platform do you you and your two followers have? Like, relax, mm-hmm. fam. Like, it's just crazy, like, how brainwashed you are and you can't even see it. And you're regurgitating. Mm-hmm. You're literally, like, playing into the white man's hands. Like, this is exactly what he wants you to do. And you're doing yeah. it. Ahmed45689. <laughs> Come on now. Screaming. But I also agree with what everyone's saying. And also I think about like our like social media and also like you said, like artists, like what they portray, like Trey songs, like all the Habisha or quote unquote, you know, East African, the pretty girls, the light skinned girls that they use, they always are like, you know, built a certain way, like, you know, mm-hmm. wavy hair, curly hair, skinny, you know, got a big butt. And like it's like when you're telling everyone like this is what Ethiopian Eritrean women look like, I'm like no you don't look like that it's like what does that mean does that mean i'm not beautiful because i don't look like that stereotype or that you know group of women and it's like really bad for like you know other east african women to feel like they have to be lighter or they have to Mm -hmm. be you know thin with a big butt to be considered beautiful in our own communities because like what's the point of you putting down people in your own community as well aside from like the mainstream media it's like that's toxic to your own mental health and then also just you know, women already deal with insecurities and being told on what they're supposed to look like. And so imagine you're getting all that from the outside world of how we live with social media and our platforms. And then on top of that, in your own community, like your own family, it's like, you're just seeing these things. Like, I just feel like it's really like uncomfortable and it just doesn't, like, there's no reason for it, but we've accepted it. Like you said, for the good parts of like, Drake giving us a little shout out, like, what did that really do for anybody? Like, you know, it's it's always women. It's yeah. always women that are the topic of, of discussion and whose like beauty and worthiness um, is always attached to one another. Like your value and how like beautiful you're considered, this like arbitrary standard that is set and it's like yeah. put together is always what is going to define you. And it's really sad when it's like even people who do fit into this narrative and people who don't like we're, we're not trying to play this game, you know, like yeah. it's a lot of times it's like the the come on now you're not in school anymore but come on you can think um (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really like the commodification of the sexuality of unwilling participants like i don't want to be in this little pretty like you're in like you're considered pretty or whatever and then for your sexuality to be commodified especially when like i mean not only but um like if you're like 
like hijabi or even if you're not hijabi and trying to be modest and like that's what people are looking for and that's what they're trying to identify in you it's yeah. just disgusting bro no men look my way fam don't yeah. stop it that's real yeah, i think i think uh, one thing i've noticed though is how we adopt it now in our own communities and like it's crazy to me because I didn't think it was this big of a problem until I would go back home and people would be like, wow, you look so nice because of your skin tone. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I look like y'all. And for me, it was like I had, you know, pictures because, you know, I used to have like skin problems where I would be peeling. So I would have even lighter skin than usual. And so going back home, people would be like, wow, your skin was so nice back then. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I was literally sick. Like, <laughs> my skin tone was not cute. Like, I was looking super white. And I was like, I'm not like that at all. And so when people, when I go back home, and like, even these things of like, oh, yeah, like, don't go out in the sun at this time. Like, these things were trained since we're kids, like, mm -hmm. to, you know, always try to jump for a white-centric look. And like, you know, when I was younger, I had, like, more frizzy, more, like, coarse like hair so it looked like you know I didn't have that that beautiful narrative of a, a East African woman and then as my hair I started taking care of my hair you know obviously you know you defrizz and stuff like that um my, my 3b hair started showing and everyone was telling me like oh my gosh like you're you're Eritrean like I know you're Eritrean like oh you're a baddie like all this stuff and I'm like like what like hold up y'all did not like me when I have frizzy hair and now I'm cute like it it honestly really sh it was so hard for me to adapt to it because I was like for so long I wasn't perceived as that and now I'm perceived as that and it was like I, that's something like like Zaytun was saying um it's something I didn't want right so it was it was just really weird for me to accept that and so I'm like, like I'm saying, like it's adopted now in our communities, and it's so mm -hmm. scary because now, like, even East African men expect that out of their women. Like, oh yeah, she needs to have lighter skin. Oh, she needs to have good hair. Like, because I want this for my kids, and it's like, whoa, like you're not even married yet, and that's what already you're expecting out of a wife and kids, and it's just so scary because it's it. I just didn't believe like it would become this big of a problem just within our own internal community. Mm -hmm. I think it's oh, yeah. a Go lot ahead. of African men like make fun of us for a lot of features we have like a lot of East African men make fun of you know um a lot of East African girls for like looking the way they are they're like you're not modest they make putting you on Twitter but the moment like outside people start like showing us interest it's yeah. always like oh no like this is our woman you can't say that that and it's like an ongoing it's a weird struggle like men are trash they make the world a horrible place we should really get rid of them so I don't have to wear the all the time I hope <laughs> normalize this discussion but right. the other thing I had was I was wondering if you guys um um, our faces as East Africans I feel like a lot of times like when people talk about West Africa you know people like talk about different countries in their culture say, say like example like Ghana Nigeria single it's like it's like so distinct but I feel like a lot of times especially in like living in the west coast I feel like East Africa is literally grouped into one narrative and I think a lot of times like people like erase our identities and our histories because we're supposed to like live in harmony here when a lot of times mm -hmm. there's crazy things going back home um yeah. and I feel like when you do say oh I'm East African or like you're East African like you kind of erase the fact that I'm Somali or the fact that like, you know, my people went through this type of things based on this mm -hmm. government. Like, it's just weird. And I think a lot of times like 
I noticed that what destroys my peace, a lot of Af other African diaspora, they don't bring their business back home to America. And that's maybe a decision they made. But a lot of times, um, us East Africans, we do. And then we're made to feel uncomfortable for that. I remember at Afro one time, Afro-Caribbean Night is an event that happens at the University of Washington. And as usual, East Africans make it political because that's our brand, period. Well, when I say East Africans, right. Africa. And I remember there's this... Um, Nigerian lady sitting next to me and she was like, I hate how you guys always like bring politics back home. Like, can you guys grow up? Da, da, da. And I was like, it's, we're discussing human rights violation. Like this is not politics. Yeah. This is like human rights violation. That part. Like, yeah, baby, that's your brand, but our brand, like, you know, and I don't know why we made yeah. feel uncomfortable um, and that we're labeled the same. Like, it's like oh, East Africans, but it's like Kenyans and Ugandans are not doing that. Like, why are y'all erasing their identities based yeah. on troublemakers and what they're doing? You know, I'll take some right. for that one. You know, it's just weird yeah. that we're made to feel uncomfortable for being proud of our culture, but also being proud of our history and like bringing the injustices that are happening back home and like, you know, protesting or like doing all these things. Cause like people just want us to like come here and ignore everything that's going back home, which I don't understand why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I think, think there's, there's, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there's levels to it. I think it's definitely fine to be proud of where you come from as long as you understand your blackness, right? Like you can be both at the same time. I think some people take it overboard where they disassociate from their blackness and they say they're only this country from East Africa. That's when I think it's problematic. I think you should be happy to know where, you, if you have the opportunity and you're blessed to know where you come from, knowing your roots, like that's a beautiful thing. Be in touch with yourself, dope. But don't make that an excuse for why you don't associate with your blackness. I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I'm not black, I'm Ethiopian, da da da, I have this, 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 my culture and it's like a, like a flex and it's like that's weird bro like why can't you just be both like why can't you love your culture your language where you come from and also be appreciative that you are black in america and you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for black people in this country so i just think it's very weird that people can't understand both and also like you said like the politics stuff i think i think it's fine to bring politics here as long as you know you understand why you're in those spaces or why you're bringing up those po the politics like i've seen it rip people apart for wrong reasons like if you just want to be like disrespectful and have opposing political views just to do it i feel like that's corny if you're talking about human rights violations there's no if and or but situation you should be talking about that because that's your people that's you're watching it happen um so that i agree with everything like that needs that that doesn't need to be considered politics like that's different yeah i think i think like one big uh issue too that even happens in like east africa is like especially with the retrains right like we're we have to be like 10 times more prouder because one we're a small country and then two like we're trying to disassociate ourselves from ethiopia and so there's this constant battle of like everyone policing us on how proud we can be about ourselves because we're trying to literally not be called Ethiopian in any type of space. But mm -hmm. what ends up happening is everyone still groups us back with Ethiopia. And so, you know, like Iman and I talk about this all the time about how when in public, uh, we'll introduce ourselves like, oh, I'm, she's Ethiopian, I'm Eritrean. And people will be like, oh, so like you're Ethiopian to me. And I'm like, <laughs> did you not listen to what we said? Country. So, uh, I think a lot of times, like, that's also something that causes so much, like, um, over, over identifying ourselves. And it's disappointing because it's something that doesn't need to happen, but it happens because of the fact that other East Africans and even Africans and, like, just Black people in general are always constantly, like, disassociating, like, Eritrean, like, you know, their independence and stuff. And so it causes Eritreans to just over identify themselves and like then it looks like we're trying to be problematic and not be considered black and so it's just like a whole battle within itself and I think um I think like identity is like yeah like Iman was saying like a really beautiful thing but it's just like 
why is it that you're so like keen on making sure everyone knows your identity? Like, what is your intention with that? Is it to make sure that people only identify you by that? Or is it to actually identify yourself to know that you actually like should be identified properly, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it really does play a part in like, especially how East Africans identify themselves. Cause I feel like a lot of times, um, the vast majority are identifying themselves with that identity because they want clout. Like they want the ability to be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm a retrain, like, Oh, I'm Ethiopian. Like give me some clout. But it's like when I walk into a room and you know, I'm with other Africans and I say, Oh yeah, I'm a retrain. And they're like, Oh, you're Ethiopian. It's like, dang, like I just got completely pushed out the loop. So mm-hmm. I think it just, it really depends on intention at the end of the day when it comes to identity. Mm-hmm. I think the older generation do a better job like I always talk about this but like whenever I like run into like a Habesha uncle like sorry that's a, a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that like an Eritrean or Ethiopian uncle it's like they ask if I'm you know am I Eritrean or am I Ethiopian I always say no I'm not but I like how they always go oh yeah we're they they try to like <laughs> they try to focus on how much we're in common it's awkward it's like oh but we're neighboring countries we're the same blah, blah, blah. and they're like yeah I have a Somali friend I'm like oh that's cute whereas I feel like our generation like or same thing if, if somebody says they're Oromo, like I think older generation, they acknowledge your identity and they talk about how you guys come in close contact. Whereas our generation, we go, oh no, you can't say that. Like somebody says they're Oromo, some random, ugly, dusty man wants to tell you and you can't say that. Who are you? This is America, baby. I can say whatever I want. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like our older generation, from my interactions with them, I think they do a better job of like living in harmony because I think they understand the consequences back home, what's going on more. But whereas us, the younger generation Z, for instance, I think they bring the drama back here and they just, it's not for the right intentions, as you said. It's literally just to cause bulk, like loud, like yeah. uh, chaotic. I definitely agree with your points. I also think like the woman who was sitting next to you, she was probably, she, you said she was West African, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to also acknowledge that majority of um, immigrants and refugees who come from Ethiopian, Eritrean, and Somali backgrounds come from political instability and they're refugees and they're here because of civil war and strife and a lot of the times they um but west a lot of west african immigrants come here for like uh, educational reasons work and stuff like that and it's not really political instability although i'm sure there's i'm not sure what's going on over there but yeah. i'm sure that there is like a similar situation not it's not exacerbated like in east africa but probably it probably exists right so a lot of the times us being um political and um civil like a product of civil war you know of course we're going to bring that back here we're going to have, mm-hmm. have a lot of discussions about that because it's like a, a part of our identities you know what i mean um mm-hmm. so what would you guys say preserves your piece about your east african identity it could be anything honestly but something that you would feel um preserves your piece for me it's like seeing that there's a lot of activism there's a lot of unity and there's more um there's less anti-blackness and i'm seeing a lot of acceptance of blackness within our communities and like celebration of different skin tones, celebration of different futures and people not people are finally understanding that you know the phenotype that they associate with east africans is monolithic it's very small like some of the biggest Somali models, well, majority of Somali models are of darker skin. And like seeing that representation is beautiful to me. So that's what preserves my piece. I would say one thing that really preserves my piece is the amount of empowerment that's going on within our women. Um, Because, I mean, if we're really going to talk about it, like, our women were being trashed and dogged by men, you know? And so historically, like, we really didn't have any rights and just any meaning to, like, our own bodies. And so I'm just, like, really glad 
that like now like women are becoming more empowered we're able to accept like um empowerment by seeing ourselves as bosses you know um and like actually seeing ourselves as like dominating people in like the workplaces in culturally even like accepting the fact that we're you know these dope people we're these dope ass individuals that deserve credit for being just beautiful and just existing mm-hmm. um, and not taking shit from men because get rid of the uh, period <laughs> yeah um i can go next i I agree with everything you guys said. I also think like the little things of like more representation, I think just more conversations about this stuff mm-hmm. is way more apparent than like when I was younger. Cause I feel like, you know, post-college you kind of think like, you know, people have their own friend groups, like this kind of stuff just dies down or people don't care anymore. And I think that I've seen like across the communities, even different age groups, like this is a more like more reoccurring conversation. Like it's not being swept under, under the rug anymore. And I like that it's coming to light. Cause you just can't keep living in this fake harmony that, you know, everything is going Gucci back home because it's not, but you need to talk about it. And I'm happy that now we're getting to a place where I think actual unity can happen if people are having, you know, honest discussions like they are right now. And also just representation, whether it's mainstream media or like social media, I've definitely seen a bigger surge of like, you know, black pan-Africanist like representation has been emerging of not just showing that one light-skinned girl as the black representation. So I love to see that. I love seeing it all like on my timeline because that also helps you decolonize what you're seeing because if all you see is light-skinned women with no waist and a big butt you're like damn what what am I seeing on my TL today but now you're finally seeing like darker skinned women or, or people who look like you. you're like dang that's dope so I like seeing that for me I would say like kind of similar to what you said Iman I what preserves my peace is that I'm happy that the East African diaspora the horn um we've been creating our, our own like sense of reality and like what we want to see in the world like our own utopia so i feel like like lona for instance like i always talk about lona's interfaith like lona is a christian but it like inspires me so much that like lona is so respectful to the muslim culture and like sh- i just she just makes me feel normal and i don't feel islamophobic and same with her like i love learning about the, you know orthodox christian culture and i want my kids to have like you know aunties who are christian who are mm-hmm. Christian, like and something that i didn't have and so i'm happy that the east african like diaspora we're creating the utopia we want like we're gonna live in harmony by force we're gonna have these conversations we're gonna actually like talk about like the effed up shit we have you know internally and how we can get Mm -hmm. rid of it i'm like really happy we're having that discussion and even like seeing like automobiles and how to like all these people just having the discussion they need and how they can live in harmony even if it's not back home how can we live in harmony here i think that was there's my piece that we're having the dialogue and like normalizing the diversity within our community Mm. Mm -hmm. definitely for me, what preserves my peace, and it might be personal, or maybe you guys can relate to it as well, is um, like the reconciliation of your identity abroad and home. Um, especially like as I grow up, I think um, I'm starting to see more people that um, like not know their place. But sometimes I think you you often see like young naive diaspora who want to go back home and fix everything. I think we talked about it in our American, um, our second episode, which was about um, being American identity as well. But um, really the like reconciliation of you don't like your identities don't have to be mutually exclusive. I am Somali Oromo and I am American, you know, mm-hmm. big ups blue, my my blue passport. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't I hate imperialism. But um <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. I'm just kidding, but no. I think it's really, really beautiful to see that there, your identities don't have to be mutually exclusive. You are like you contain multitudes, and you are beautiful the way that you are. So, I really love East African women. I love women. Period. 
We just got here. Um, <laughs> and the two women we had with us today, today were um, Iman and Luna. We're so glad to have had you here. Is there anything else you'd like to say on the topic or would you like to uh, plug your upcoming project one more time? I guess Alona can go first. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say shout out to y'all. I really love this podcast. Like y'all, anyone who's listening to today needs to listen to all of the other uh, videos that they have posted because they're dope ass women that really just talk about the shit that we need to talk about because let's be honest, like our communities sometimes be really silent about things that should have not been silent about. And so I'm really glad that like these conversations are happening and like y'all are both very like intellectual y'all three excuse me are very intellectual women that are able to speak their mind and not be scared of the repercussions that can come from that and so this is a really beautiful podcast and i love that my piece is being disturbed um and that everyone (laughs) else's piece is being disturbed um and yeah like i just love (laughs) y'all so nice thank you Yeah, I was honestly, like, waiting for this, some type of podcast from y'all to drop, just because, like, we all, like, always have these conversations, and, like, I just like your guys' opinion is, like, very important, and, like, obviously, women, like, we don't have these spaces, like, a safe space where we can speak our truth, like, as corny as it sounds, like, I just see, like, we just say stuff on social media and stuff, but we don't have our own platforms aside from social media where we could just talk, so I think this space is, like, really dope, because I feel like you're bringing in women, you don't have to feel like, oh, I have this extensive research, I have this PhD, like, I'm gonna prove to you, like, why my opinion matters, it's more just, like, no, this is how I feel, this is what I live, this is my experience, let's talk about why this is an issue, and I think that's really important, especially because we all have been academic spaces where, like, you have to have a certain degree or a status to feel like your opinion matters. So I just love that this space is like, now we're just going to talk about it all. We're just going to open the can of worms and get to it. So I, I love this diversity of friendship of all of us, you know, coming together, having this space and this conversation. And yeah, hopefully we can collaborate more because this is fun and love all of you guys. Appreciate this. Check out Shakur Entertainment once we have the podcast up and coming. But until then, check our IG page. Yes. And we'll like can you spell your IG page for them? And then it's we'll write it. Long. Well. It's kind of long. Okay, but we'll write it. No Sh- it's, yeah, it's at Shakur Entertainment. Shakur is like, it's pre- it spells it spells how it sounds. S H I K O R and then entertainment. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll definitely Thank write that. Guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, for more disturbing your peace, you can follow us at on our IG page and our Twitter at DisturbingYP. Our Facebook Disturbing Your Peace page, and you can follow us on our new. YouTube channel, disturbing hey. your peace. Gang, 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 it. gang. Thank Love you guys so much for your time. Bye. Bye.